to Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 34 is our text tonight here. And uh, I'd like to start off by saying that uh, we, uh, again, we're at the Maranatha Baptist Church last Tuesday night for their Thanksgiving Eve service. The pastor apologized to me right out of the gate, uh, was apologizing for the low crowd. He says a lot of people are on vacation. Then we went to Crossroads Baptist Church and on Sunday, of course, and they had supposedly a low crowd. It looked like a pretty good crowd to me, but... Uh, Pastor apologized for the low crowd. He says a lot of people are out of town. And uh, he says, uh, I came away to the conclusion that us, all those pastors, we have a pride problem. It's our problem. And we're, we had a bunch of people in church. And uh, we're, uh, we're, we want people to think we're bigger than we are. But then with that said, I was thinking of all the sermons that Jesus preached. One of the greatest sermons that Jesus ever preached, uh, arguably the top top of the list for sure would be the uh, the Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24 and 25, some people think that he only preached that to uh, five of his disciples. Uh, maybe the, there's mentioned in uh, Luke's Gospel, but he preached uh, the, the great discourse in the end times to just a handful of people. So we have 15 here tonight. We have an overflow crowd here this evening. And uh, we're in Mark chapter 12. I'm going to remain seated tonight. And uh, uh, let's look at verse 28. Allow me read the verses, but... Uh, one reason we do responsive reading is to keep you uh, following along and paying attention, but I'm convinced you'll pay attention tonight regardless if you uh, just listen instead of read tonight. So just f- listen along as I uh, read the Word of God t- this evening. Mark 12, 28 through 34. And one of the scribes came, and having heard those them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like unto it, like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, master, thou hast said the truth. For there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the, um, uh, with all the understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Look at verse 34. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. And no man after this asked, uh, after that durst ask him any questions. So we want to deal with the subject of which is the first commandment of all. Let's uh, once again have just a brief word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit of God, there's many things I'd like to say tonight, Lord, but help me just say what needs to be said tonight in the minutes that we have together around that word. Give your people understanding, we pray. Thank you for speaking to my heart about this message. Lord, now speak to the hearts of your children, we pray. And I ask this in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Uh, the background of this passage of Scripture, just in brief, a scribe, evidently a sincere scribe, comes to the Lord. He's with the Pharisees. The scribes were quite the... Uh, they were the lawyers of the day, among other things. They started when they were 13-year-old boys, and they didn't get to start practicing their trade until they were 30. And uh, so they had 17 years of uh, training, 17 years of schooling, if you will, please. And many of them were 
the, of course, the scribes of the, the law of God, of course, of writing, writing of the scripture, but they did much more than that as well. And they were experts at uh, um, all things concerning the law and so forth. And uh, they were, uh, sometimes the Pharisees get a bad rap and the scribes get a bad rap, but these, for the most part, these men were trying to be sincere. They, many of them became hypocritical, but this one was evidently a sincere scribe. And we find that out because the Lord said he answered discreetly, and he said, Thou art not far from the kingdom of heaven. The Lord commended him. And he, he asked the Lord, the Lord knows the hearts, and he asked him out of sincerity. The, uh, he asked, what's the greatest commandment? And I do this in brief. In the, the, the Pharisees and the scribes recorded 613 Mosaic laws. 365, it's easy to remember, uh, uh, those laws were considered negative in context. 250 uh, three or 248, rather, uh, the balance of the 613 were considered positive uh, uh, commandments, and so we see that we see these 613 commandments. The scribe asked, "What's the greatest?" Uh, just in way of uh, introduction, before we move on with the message tonight, here, um, I want to make sure there's a, no misunderstanding. There's a clarification that. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16, uh, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, righteousness. All scripture is equally inspired by God. And the Bible is very clear about that. And uh, Acts 20.27, the uh, Bible says there that we're to preach the whole entire counsel of God, not just the, the, uh, the things we want to preach or the maybe sometimes preachers have hobby horses, of course, and we uh, I have my own set of hobby horses, I'm sure, and I preach uh, some things that are more favored to preach than other things, but the Bible says we need to preach all, all the counsel of God. And, uh, but the Bible does say in Matthew 23, 23, that there are some, some things in the Word of God that are weightier matters than others. Matthew 23, 23, Jesus said, he paid tithe, the, he, talking to the Pharisees, he said, you're hypocrites, he paid tithe the mint and Anise and come in and have awaited the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought to have done and not to leave the others undone. And so this scribe, in, in way of introduction, this scribe asks a genuine question. He said, what's the greatest of all the commandments? And, um, and the Lord gave the answer. He said, verse 29 and 30, of course. He quoted from Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. If you have a reference Bible, I'm sure you have that. Uh, side noted in your reference column there. Jesus answered verse 29 and said, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first, or the we could translate or we could say, we could ask what would be the greatest commandment or the first commandment. And... Uh, uh, the idea was, what's the most important commandment, or the first or the greatest commandment? And the second is like unto it, verse 31, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the Lord quoted there from Leviticus 19 and verse 18, and I'm sure it's in the flyleaf of your Bible. And then we get to verse 32 and 34 in, in uh, the synopsis of our introduction here tonight, and we'll get right to the meat of the message here. Obviously, the scribe uh, realized that the Lord answered correctly, and he said so in verse 32. And then he says, and to love him with all thine heart and with all thy understanding and with all thy soul, verse 33, and with all thy strength, and to love thy neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Uh, essentially, this scribe, he got it. 
he understood. Uh, I'm convinced tonight that, that uh, I'd like to think everybody in this room is getting the whole context of this message. You got it. You understand that the greatest commandment of all is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and mind and all of our strength and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Uh, uh, as Lord loves them, of course. And uh, the Lord said, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God, verse number 34. And so the question tonight, or questions tonight here, we have four bullet point questions here, and I'll have to do this quickly here. We're going to move right along here this evening. Uh, and which is the first commandment of all? Ask yourself this question for, in regards to the, 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 the big question that was answered. What's the first commandment of all? What is the most important thing, the fill-in-the-blank word is the word thing, in my life? Personalize this tonight. So the fill-in-the-blank word is the word thing. Uh, there are a lot of things in our life, of course, a lot of people in our lives, a lot of things in our life, material speaking and, and uh, spiritually speaking and so forth. And what is the most important thing in your life? Uh, I just have time to just, just touch on, uh, for instance, some people, the most important thing in their life is God. Some people, the most important thing in their life is their spouse or their family. Or if you're a preacher or if you misplace values, I guess you could say the most important thing in your life is church. And uh, we, we kind of segue. I was talking to somebody just this past week, and they were talking about priorities. And they, they, they said to me, and good Christian for the record, and I'm not bashing this individual, but they said I, I, they, they, they claimed they did some things wrong, that they put the church before their family. And my, my thought in regards to that is that uh, duty is never conflict. Uh, we can do both. We can, we can serve God. We can be, if you're a father, you can be a good father. If you're a mother, you can be a good mother. If you're a sibling, you can be a good sibling. And you can still serve God. Uh, two, two, um, sometimes we, we say you can't do, can't do everything, but you can do the main things for sure. And uh, so what is, the, what is the most important thing in your life? You answer that question here, and I'm going to give you a place to write down here in just a moment after we get through these three more quick questions. Question number two, what do you want to accomplish in your lifetime? Um, this scribe, obviously, he said, I, as a young boy, he said, maybe his parents stared him in that direction. He said, um, I'm going to be a scribe. I'm going to give myself to the reading of the law of God. I'm going to be dedicated. I'm going to be, uh, again, assuming that this had a man had a sincere attitude towards the things of God and a reverence. He wanted to give his life towards God. And he, wanted to, and he, he evidently fulfilled uh, a big part of what he wanted to accomplish in his life. I think of C.T. Studd's uh, famous poem, Only One Life Till Soon Be Passed, Only What's Done for Christ Will Last. What do you want to accomplish in your life? Number three, uh, and uh, by, by the way, uh, before I move on to bullet point number three, uh, think, with this for, think with me for a minute here. You can't do everything in your life. Uh, a verse that's oftentimes misapplied or misappropriated uh, mis, uh, is Philippians 4.13. I'll start it and you finish it with me. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That doesn't mean we can do all things. There's only one God. There's only, you know, he's omnipotent. He's only all-powerful. All We're not. We can do all things that Christ wants us to do and calls us to do. And uh, sometimes we get our, 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 our wants confused with the, uh, or the will of God, confused with our wants and what our, our desires, of course. In fact, that leads me to number th- bullet point number three. What do you think your purpose for living is? The fill-in-the-blank word is the word purpose. Uh, 
What is your purpose for living? Why, uh, why did you, it's rhetorical tonight here, but why did you come to church tonight? Uh, some of you are, in fact, everybody in this room here, I can look at you, you're all diehards. You all want to be diehards. You're here every time you can be here, of course. And, you know, what do you want to accomplish in your life? What, church is important in your life. What's your purpose of living? Well, uh, the catechism, of course, the Westminster Confession, as it's called, the short version is, of course, the, the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And a simplified way of saying, or a more elegant way, maybe of saying in Ephesians 1.12, that we should be to the praise of his glory. Our life is, we are created to be to his praise and his glory, and to give him praise, of course. Uh, number, bullet point number four, what are your life's goals? And I could preach a whole message here, but I'll try to do it in about 30 seconds. Christians should have goals. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Some people are anti-goal people. Some Christians are anti-goal people. They say it's, 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 full, it's that's prideful, that's uh, uh, fleshly. And I, I totally disagree with that. Paul said, I can't, brethren, I count on myself to be apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind Reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That sounds like a goal setter to me. And there are many other verses I could quote, I'm sure, of the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27, and others that uh, Paul uh, said to fight the good fight of faith and to wrestle uh, uh, against, uh, put, put on the whole armor of God, and many other verses that presuppose the fact that Christians have goals in their life. So, uh, with these four bullet points in, in way of questions, what is the most important thing in my life? What do I want to accomplish in my lifetime? What, what do you think your purpose for living is? And what are your life's goals? I want you to consider for 2022, uh, it's just 31 days away. Do you have, what, what's your goals for 2022? Uh, I'm finishing my Bible, just, I'm just, Helping you a little bit here, just giving you ideas. I read my Bible through. I'm going to read my Bible through twice this year. I figured I could do that with uh, all things COVID. It's the second year into this whole mess, and I might have a little bit more time on my hands. And so I'll finish two times reading the Bible through. I'm only going to read it through one time next year. It's my plan, but I'm going to make it my plan. Uh, what's your What's your plan for 20, 2022? He who aims at nothing hits it every time. Uh, Marty shot Proverbs, Chinese Proverbs, supposedly. Uh, uh, shoot for the moon, maybe you'll hit the star. Shoot for the stars, maybe you'll hit the moon. Uh, have some goals in your life. What's your goal? My, my goal is I'm gonna, I want to serve God every day of my life. I want to read my Bible every day. I want to be a witness. I want to, same old, same old, I admit it. I want to fight the good fight of faith. I don't want to be a castaway. Uh, I want to serve God. And so right a sentence or so down, or what do you want to do in 2022? Then, then ask the question, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? And, uh, of course, it's more of the same, of course, you know, and uh, a decision determines destiny. And so if we get to 2023, I'll have some goals for 2023 that are very similar to 2022. And on and on we go. I want to finish my course strong uh, and... Uh, and I trust that you do as well. Well, let's go on to some problems. So you say, but preacher, there's some problems in, the, in our goal setting sometimes, in our desires and so forth. And, and uh, our, our ultimate goal is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind. But we have some problems. 
problem number one is, bullet point number one is, I have no guarantee of tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring us, do we? Uh, it's not thyself of tomorrow, for the Lord is not what a day may bring forth. Uh, when I set my face like a flint to serve God for the rest of my life and be a pastor until the day I die, uh, I wasn't planning on having a, a debilitating disease to hit my body, of course. I wasn't planning on getting old. <laughs> I should have thought I might be getting old. I didn't think about that when I was in my 20s, 30s, and 40s, and even early 50s, of course. And, uh, but uh, we don't have a guarantee of tomorrow, one day at a time, right? Um, so there's a problem in regards to this, this uh, our desires, our goals, and our co- desires to uh, 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 accomplishing X amount of things in our lifetime. Bullet point number two, even with a full life, you must understand I cannot accomplish all my desires I, I can only use myself for an example because I, I know myself better than anybody in this room here. But when I first started pastoring, I, I, I don't think I had, I had, I'm sure I had a lot of pride, but not in, in certain, certain areas. I, I, as a young man, when we had our first five members, I was voted in as pastor of the church. We were going to have 500 members of Horace Baptist Church. We haven't made that, folks. We haven't even come close to making that. We, you know, we got about halfway there to a 500-person church and. And uh, we haven't been that close in years, of course, and uh, we're going in the wrong direction right now. I wanted to have a school. I wanted to have a gymnasium. I wanted to have a cemetery. I wanted many things I wanted to have, and I, God put these things in my heart. David wanted to build the house of God. He said one thing, Psalm 27, 4, let me give you one verse. He says, one thing I have desired of the Lord. It wasn't wrong for David to desire these things. He said, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I might behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David said, I want to, I want to build the house of God. Many other verses that buttress that truth of his desire. But God said in, in the reference there, 1 Chronicles 28.3, he forbade, David, you're not going to do it. Your son's going to build it. You can lay up for it, but you've you got to prepare for the people that come after you. And so... Uh, Sometimes we cannot accomplish all of our desires, and that's okay. Bullet point number three, a third problem, though, we have. Sometimes we are hindered by Satan or by other people from doing some things. In 1 Thessalonians 2.14, Paul said to the Thessalonians, I wanted to come unto you, I'm paraphrasing, uh, but he said, but Satan hindered us. And sometimes Satan, of course, he thwarts our, our, our best of intentions and our best of our goals. And so uh, we see questions, we have problems, and then two bullet points for answers, and I'm hurrying to the four gifts to give. Uh, I must decide in my life what is the most important. What is the most important thing in your life? And uh, remember this, the good is the enemy of the best. I've been fighting the good all, much of my adult Christian life. Uh, many things I want to do. I got called by a pastor yesterday. As a matter of fact, I talked to a pastor from Long Island, probably going to accommodate him. He heard that we do these spiritual history tours, and he, he's got a rather large church with a staff, and he wants me to take him on a spiritual history tour. He wanted me to do this the next week, next week, as a matter of fact, and uh, uh, he realized that uh, the days were short and the time was short, and, and so talking about next spring, next summer, 
you know, when I say that in the context, I can't do everything I'd like to do. I'd love to take people on spiritual history tours, you know, 10, 20 times a year, whatever it is, but I don't have that much time. Um, I've got other priorities. I've got other things that I need to do as a pastor. And my, my first uh, ministry is the flock of this church here, this assembly, of course. And, uh, and so uh, I, I, the good is the enemy of the best. You have to decide what's most important in your life with the underlying context of understanding the, the greatest commandment of all, to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Then, in answering the question of, uh, uh, of how you're going to accomplish these things, can I find my answers? Uh, I can find my answers in God's word. Uh, what do I mean by that? My life is driven, and I trust that your life is driven, and I'm talking to core people, and I'm not trying to butter you up, but I know, I know your desires of your heart, I believe. You want to you seek to do his will in your life, and all God's people said. And you, you believe the word of God, and you believe the, to find the perfect will of God in your life is found in the word of God. Through the prayer, prayer praying to the Holy Spirit of God, and uh, through the Holy Spirit, and so forth. And you want Him to guide your path, and light your way, and guide your path. The word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. And uh, and so you you have to go to go to God's word. My greatest cause in my life should be a akin to God's greatest cause in His, and uh, maybe I should have put in Christ's greatest cause in His, found in the form of a gift. The fill in blank word is the word gift. Uh, for we know it so well, for God so loved the world that he gave. Uh, and Jesus said in Luke 19.10, it's not on your reference sheet, but he said he gave his whole mission statement, his purpose for living. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Uh, I well, just made a prayer request. We're meeting with the, uh, the Vicus family, uh, Tim and Teresa. In fact, this Sunday after for lunch, as a matter of fact, we got plans to See, most of the family get baptized here in the next couple of weeks here. That's the, that's the plan, of course, and so forth. And, and uh, you know, I, I feel so good about that because as a pastor, obviously we're to be fulfilling the great commission of uh, bringing people to Christ, discipling them, baptizing them, and discipling them, and bringing them to, to, to maturity. And so that's one little microcosm of that's going to be the best thing that probably happens on Sunday is uh, getting to be with the Vicus, or Vicus family, of course, and uh, talk to them about believer's baptism. But uh, Jesus said in John 9, 4, uh, I must work the works of him that sent me, the night's coming to no man can work. So Jesus was on a mission. He got his calling. He's, he's, of course, he is was the... The, the, the incarnate Word of God, of course, Lord Jesus Christ Himself, but uh, he, he he followed the Word of God, of course, and and uh, desired to do the will of His heavenly Father in heaven. So, uh, there's four gifts to give. Uh, what can we give the Lord tonight? Lord, Lord God Almighty gave His Son in the gift of His Son, Lord Jesus Christ. And we're in the Christmas season here. This plan on preaching three messages on the King of Christmas come Sunday morning, next three Sunday mornings. But uh, I can give him, first of all, my heart. I give him my heart. And uh, isn't that where we're to give him? The, the scribe said, and he reiterated Jesus' words, verse 33, and to love him with all the heart. Uh, I can give him my passionate affections. My heart. I give my heart. I give my affections. Um, Christianity is largely an affair of the heart. 
I was watching little, uh, uh, my, one of my vices in my life, one of my big vices is I still like sports. I admit that. And, uh, uh, you know, I've done away with uh, pro sports, but I still like, I'm hanging on to my college sports as long as they don't go too woke. So I'm into f- college football, college basketball, of course. So I was watching a little bit of Duke. Uh, anybody, anybody, anybody know what Duke is right now? They're ranked number one, but they got beat last night by Ohio State. That was uh, just it was nice to see. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't see it, but but I was watching the previews, of course. And uh, the Duke fans, they colored their hair the Duke blue, and they had blue faces, of course. The girls and the guys in the, the stands and so forth, they looked like, pardon me, they looked like idiots as far as I'm concerned. But they're fans, and they're, they're screaming like they're, 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 they're throbbing at the mouth and they're screaming and they're, they're doing all kinds of motions and so forth. And I'm saying to myself, you look like a total idiot. But they're, 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 they're all into their, their, their whole time, their talents and their treasures. Their affections are with their team. And uh, where's, where's our affection tonight? Uh, there's many people that are not here tonight and I, shh. They're not here because we had somebody that had COVID. They're not here because uh, they, they're working late. They're not here because, if the truth be told, their heart's somewhere else. Their heart is, their affections are somewhere else or with somebody else or something else. And uh, so my heart is where my passion, or in other words, my passion and affections. Number two, a second gift to give is my soul. That's my pure ambitions. My soul. That's who we are, of course. That's our, our person, our personality, some say. And, uh, who we really are the, inside the body, this robe of flesh. Our ambitions. My, my, our ambitions should be to do the will of God in our life. To seek the greatest uh, knowledge is to know the will of God. The greatest accomplishment is to do it. And then, uh, of course, uh, the third gift to give is... The Bible says, and it's all spelled out for us. It's easy to find an outline because it's from the Lord Jesus Christ, God Almighty, in His Word. We love Him with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. My mind. And that's my personal attention. Brother Howard has been in, uh, in Sunday school. We've been studying the, the Word of God, of course, and uh, we need to read it and we need to. Uh, here we need to hear it. We need to read it, hear it, uh, meditate upon it, and study it. Uh, point number four, I believe it was. And I remember he he's taking apart Second Timothy two fifteen. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And First um, Timothy four thirteen, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. First Timothy four seven, but. Uh, Exercise yourself rather than to godliness. And so we have to work at this thing here. Why do we have midweek prayer service? Among other things here, we want to we have an extra time of study for the, the things of God that we might fight the good fight of faith and might know how to walk in this present evil world, of course. And so um, our mind. And then lastly tonight here, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and then, of course, the addendum is is so apropos, of course, with all of our strength. It takes work. It takes work. And my persistent actions. Uh, I've said this many times, it's true. And I actually was looking forward to this message tonight here. And I, then I realized about three hours ago the crowd would be even smaller than normal. 
but I, I, I was looking forward to preaching tonight. But sometimes, Brother David, as a matter of fact, he tested me. He said he was being extra humble Sunday night and uh, wanted to know how things went. And he says, man, I don't know how you do it all day Sunday. Well, I, I don't go to work 40, 50 hours a week like you guys do and work 10 hours a day in your factory and so forth. Uh, uh, my big work day is normally it's on Sunday, of course, when I have to preach and so forth. But it does take expend, expend energy and strength. And sometimes... Sometimes I'm shh. Don't let don't don't spread this around. Sometimes uh, it's a weariness for me to preach. Sometimes it's hard work, and sometimes it's uh, it takes it takes uh, all all that I have to 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 do to do that task that God's called me to do. Sometimes it comes more naturally than other times. Other times I do it by constraint, if you will. And um, I just but I I, I asked the Lord and I pray many hundreds of times, thousands of times. I prayed. Lord, give me your strength. I need your strength. I can't do this in my own power. And we can't serve him in our own power. There's going to be some days that you feel like you don't feel like loving the Lord with your heart like you should, with your <clears throat> soul and your ambitions and your mind. And you've got to power through by the grace of God with all your strength. And it's got to be strength from above, of course, and ask the Lord to, to do that for you. So um, one of my prayers, one of the great songs that I want to sing here, we'll sing one verse here. Brother David, come to the platform here, or piano rather here. Let's sing on page 190, uh, Constantly Abiding. Let's sing just the first verse here tonight here, and we're going to be ending here in just a few moments here. And uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, blessed we pray as we desire to serve you with all of our heart, Lord. We know what the first great commandment is, and we know the second is like unto it, to love our neighbor as ourselves. Lord, help us to do it with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and strength. It's the most important thing that we can do, dear God. It's what's really most important in our earthly life, we pray. Help us to be about your business, we pray. In Christ's name we ask. Amen. Let's sing just one verse as we stand together and uh, constantly abiding. Um, Brother Eric.